What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another Wisdom Network production. I'm your host, the man, the myth, Larry's best, 24-7. Back in the saddle again, as they say. Man, we are stepping into the present, the past, and the future. In today's show, it's going to be very unique and special. We have a topic that I need, that I think needs to be discussed at length. And I want to discuss with you, introducing to some of you, the legal name. Many of you have no idea what the legal name means, but we're going to get into that today. Okay. But let me say this first, and this needs to be expressed immediately, that this, the information is not legal advice. If you need legal advice, please seek legal counseling immediately. Larry's best, 24-7. I'm just one man speaking from an entertainment perspective. If you need legal advice, please seek legal counseling immediately. Let's get into today's show, man. I, I struggle to come up with a name. I can't call it. I just don't have a name. I'm just going to call it the legal game. How about that? The legal name game. That's what we'll use. We'll use the legal name game. Now, many of you, this information may be new to you and you might suffer from you may suffer from cognitive dissonance, meaning a lie is a truth and the truth is a lie. But we're here to tell the truth and the truth shall shall set you free, man. So I'm going to only tell you to be objective and to do your own research and do your by your own due diligence by all means. Now. Let's discuss ways of protecting that legal name. For starters, the legal name, it hails from the birth certificate. Okay, that's we're going to start there very first and foremost. A name is just something that you are known by. A name represents a thing. Now, the last time I checked, a man or a woman is are not things. We're flesh and blood. We're actually living souls. We're not a thing. No think about it a name by itself let's say your name greg greg is not a nation greg is not a place greg is a thing greg is something is a name that you're known by so don't you know when you get these letters in the mail and you i'm going to go over the appellation once you see the letter in the mail it represents the legal name and this is where it becomes reality because many of you think that the legal name is you you give life to that legal name but we're going to help you to distinguish the legal name from you the living man or woman i have a homework assignment and for starters i need you to look at your driver's license take a look at your birth certificate light bill phone bill insurance policy etc these instruments all have the same thing in common. They're in all capital letters. Most grade school children, they know, they know, man, that it is fundamentally incorrect to spell your name in all capital letters. The all capital letter name, it comes from the birth certificate. The birth certificate is known as the register organization. Now, if you have a browser open, I need you to go to Cornell Law. And once you get there, you're going to then go to the UCC. 
end, you're then going to go to 9-102, UCC 9-102. This is under secure transactions. Then you're going to scroll down to number 71, and there is a definition for the the register organization, a.k.a. the birth certificate. And I'm going to read that for you. The register organization, quoting, means an organization organized solely under the law of a single state or the United States by the filing of a public organic record. Let me stop right there. The public organic record. That is the live birth record, folks. That's the one that comes from the hospital. That's the one that's generated by the hospital and where you create your first legal act by stamping your footprint onto that paper. That's your first legal act that you did when you stepped into this world. Let's continue. With the issuance of a public organic record by or the enactment of legislation by the state or the United States, the term includes a business trust that is formed or organized under the law of a single state. If a statute of the state governing business trust requires that the business trust organic record be filed with the state. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the birth certificate. Many of you, you have no idea that you can protect and safeguard the legal name. Actually, the legal name and and your labor can be claimed as property, private property, by the way. Your labor and legal name are both can both be claimed as legal property. And that's probably why many people use it, because it's not protected. If it was protected correctly, people would think, man, they would think long and hard before they use your name. Trust me. OK, we're going to go over some uh, ways to protect that. Now, let me speak at will uh, the different predators that are out there you know some of them you deem when they use your name as um, identity theft piracy and counterfeiting i'm telling you something man we're going to help you to safeguard that name to be frank controlling the legal name is a way to separate you the flesh and blood sentient sentient man or woman from the artificial person that was created when you woolly came into this world the legal name it can be described in many dubious ways as a person, a legal person, a legal personality, an artificial person, legal fiction, and legions, company, a trade name, creature of the law, a state trust, a foreign situs trust, a decedent, corpse, corporation, franchise, bankrupt, surety, and accommodation part. Man, let me tell you something by debtors, man. A legal, a legal name is also represented by being a debtor. And guess what? All debtors are fictions. They're fictions. And because they're created without any inherent productive capacity, there's nothing that a legal name can do in a productive capacity. A legal person, in case you haven't heard of that term, a legal person is legally defined as an individual. And guess what? A company, a corporation, liability company, or whatnot, is also known as a person, a legal person. It also has standing in law, too. And these are known as entities as well. And it's obvious because a legal person is a non-living thing. Why? Because there's no such thing as a living entity. Let's get into the first, the middle, and the last name. 
many of you are you go by this you swear by this man that you have a first middle and last name let's go back to cornell's law and let's go to cfr as codes and federal regulation section 100.12 and this is for identification let's read for you the definition of identification quoting once again identification means in the case of an individual his or her full name including first name middle name or initial if available in last name mailing address occupation in the name of his or her employer or in the case of any other person the person full name and address that is the definition of an identity identity folks this is why when you get on the phone man there there everyone is quick to ask you do you have a date of birth well a date of birth that that stems from the birth certificate being executed by the registrar when you were born that's the date if you look at your birth certificate there are two dates there was a date when you were a um, state citizen you were a state national at one time that's the day that you were born that's your actual birthday then there's a second date that shows when the birth certificate was created that's when the registrar created this madness okay this is when you be this is when you became a u.s citizen and this is when you took on the legal name we don't have legal names, by the way. We don't have last names, first names, or middle names. But we do have what is known as a surname. A surname is your family name. And it comes first because you were born into the family and not the other way around. The surname, or actually the word sir, S-U-R, is a prefix French-influenced root word. And it means over and above. Let me give you some examples of the word sir. Okay. That French, that prefix French influence word. For example, surcharge. That means addition, additional, addition in and over and above the price. Sir coat, an overcoat, an over a coat over. Surface, the top layer as the surface of the water. A surtax, an additional tax over the regular standard or normal tax surname surname the name placed over the given name aka family name not a last name ding 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 ding. did that hit anyone yet we have surnames we don't have last names and the surname is supposed to go first if you look look if you see someone in the service even look at your passport the surname is represented first not the first name the first name is below the um surname however the surname it's there first because this is the family name the family name always comes first now how do we get to this point i want to say let's let me let me tell you something man go back to the 1930s 1930s was a pivotal time man that was a very interesting time one we um in the very beginning of that decade we went into the great depression they had movies that um, were trying to inform the public with what was going on like um the wizard of oz the um the movie called alice in wonderland 
Um, you had also you had politically you had the, um, um, the the New Deal that was by FDR. For those who don't know that that acronym, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He was the president at that time. Also, we had some other things that went on, like in 1933, we had the uh, bankruptcy of the United States of America that took place. And that's why I say the 1930s is the most pivotal era in our nation's history. And I think it should be studied at length, man, very extensively. You had landmark Supreme Court cases like the Erie Railroad Company versus Tompkins. This case is uh, very special as well because it fundamentally changed our law from public law to public policy. In 1935, the federal government implemented Social Security. The Social Security Board then created 10 Social Security districts, creating a federal area which covered the organic constitutional several states like an overlay. In 1939, the federal government instituted the public salary tax, which is a municipal law for the District of Columbia. Okay, Washington, D.C., that 10 square mile area known as Washington, D.C. And this was for taxing of all federal and state employees and those who lived in the federal area. The federal area, everyone, if you're not aware of it it consists of 22 territories and if you read the constitution article 1 um, section 8 clause 17 you will see that some of these areas encompasses forts magazines arsenals um, any place dockyards any of these places that congress either um, they they um, they um gain access to it through conquest or they purchase it those are known as territories and that they are not covered by the constitution congress actually and the president rule over those areas so this leads us to 1940 congress passed the buck act and you can read the buck act under title 4 usc section 104 to 113 and go to section 110 and scroll down to the letter e and i'm gonna read this this act um, allowed well i'm just going to paraphrase the act allowed um, any government of the federal united states to create what are known as federal areas for the imposition of the public salary tax from 1939 the imposition of this tax at uh, where is it codified at 4 usc section 111 um, was to be a overlay once again over the entire federal area and this is also codified under title 26 the internal revenue code the social security board had created an overlay once again known as the federal area let that seek in man i'm trying to hit you with these key terms the federal area this leads us to the assumed name certificate and many of you are transacting in your home state illegally because the legal name represents a corporation. The name on it represents a corporation. And you are supposed to uh, register that name with the Secretary of State. Now, you're going to catch flack. If you go to most states and try to register your legal name, 
you're going to catch flag. They're going to tell you you can't do it because you can't contract with yourself. And these people are good, man. They're experts at playing crazy, man. They're good at making you feel crazy for what you're trying to do. And I'm here to tell you, man, don't listen to none of that mess because the birth certificate, as we read earlier, is the registered organization. Man, I'm telling you, it's a corporation. Now, to do business legally, per se, in California, because that's where I live, you have to register a fictitious name at the Secretary of State. For those who live in California, please read California Business and Profession Code, Section 17900 through Section 17930. You will get an idea of this, man. Let me tell you. What I suggest to do is go to the state of Minnesota and you're going to go to the secretary of state. Once you're there, type in a soon name certificate. You're going to type that in. You're going to see a form there um, that you can fill out online. Now, this is going to cost you $50. However, you don't want to stop there. You want to authenticate it as well. You want to authenticate it. So then you're going to print it out and then you're going to send it to Minnesota and um, I think you want to use a country that's not within the Hague. And I believe Taiwan and Jamaica. I'm not sure, guys. Once again, do your own research. Check and see if they're still uh, or if they're with, um, outside of the Hague. OK, that's what you want to use. And you're going to send this to Minnesota. Minnesota is then going to put their seal on it. When they put their seal on it, this is known as a certificate of authority when the state puts their seal on it. But you can stop there if you want, because Minnesota is actually a country in the world. However, you want it you want it to have the most powerful uh, um, backing. So what you're then going to do is send it to the federal government and have them put their seal on it. And once they do that, it becomes a certificate of GUNIS. Get it? The states is known as a certificate of authority. When the federal government put their seal on it, it's now known as a certificate of genuineness. Okay. I don't stop there at all. So once once it comes back to me, I then register register mail the um the original. Now I'm gonna make copies of it, color copies. You want to make color copies of it. Then I register mail it back to myself. It then goes under the UPU, which is known as the, Unifor the Universal Postal Union, and they're located in Bern, Switzerland. That document now has been transformed into a registered security under the UPU. So now you keep the original within that, that envelope and you make copies of it. Now you can present that to people and say, hey, here's a copy of, well, what I do is I um, mail it myself what I do is I mail it registered um, certified mail, excuse me, certified mail. I take the sticker, I put it in the upper left hand corner. I then uh, send a copy of it um, to whoever who never needs a copy. And now they have a uh, certified copy of my registered security assumed name certificate. You see how powerful once this all comes together, the mechanism is very powerful. Now, back to Minnesota. Once you fill this out, the business name, 
it's going to be your all capital letter name, man. First, middle, and last name. If you're married, use the name on the birth certificate. Don't use your married name. Use the name that's on the birth certificate. First, middle, and last name. For the address of the business, I used the hospital where this madness was created. The hospital where the birth certificate first was created. That's the address I use. And for the mailing address, now this is where things get different. This is where the separation come in. And this is why Minnesota is beautiful, folks. Once you get to the name holder on the um, legal name certificate application, you're going to use upper and lowercase appellation of your name. You're going to use the surname first. Remember, we went over surname. You type in your last name. You're going to capitalize the first letter, lowercase letters after that, then a comma, then the first name, then the middle name. Now, you see the business name is in all capital letters, just like the birth certificate. And the name holder is you, the living man or woman on the um, application itself. And this is the way it's going to work, folks. You then um, once again, you allow Minnesota to process it. And now you're good to go. And the legal name, man, I'm telling you, there's other steps that you need to do. Um, such as um, you want to add more layers to more layers of protection. You want to do a uh, common law copyright notice. And once again, the assumed name. And now don't stop there. Get it. Um, you need to do a fee schedule as well. You need to do a fee schedule. A fee schedule is going to alert the public that when they use your name without your authorization or consent, that they may um, they may be um, fined for that price for using the name. And um, one last thing, man. Also, if you can, you want to add it into the public record. You want to either run an ad in the paper for four weeks locally, or it doesn't matter, but locally is even better. And then if you want another uh, layer that I like to add is that I like to then go down to the um, county recorder office and upload it there. OK, uploaded there. So now if anyone is trying to use your name, man, it is just sent, man, it is an absolute no, no, absolute no, no. Well, anyway, man, you know what? I had to get this out, man. The legal name, because many of you, 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 you just don't know who you are. Actually, one thing I can tell you, the legal name is who you're not. And this show, I wanted to bring some some enlightenment to this subject. But anyway, this has been another Wisdom Network production. Until next time, I'm over and out. See you later.